Okay, if I could have your attention, please. If you're able to, would you please rise for a prayer? Bow your head in prayer as we say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together today to, to conduct county business. We thank you for allowing us to live in the best county, the best state, the best nation in the world. We ask that you allow us to make these decisions that are the best for all of the county. We ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you'll remain standing, please. Brenda Feetz of the county clerk, would you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance to the U.S. flag as well as the Texas flag? Yes. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Consider the uh, minutes from our previous meeting. I move we approve the minutes from the uh, previous meeting, January 12, 2023. Commissioner Brosman makes that uh, move, that motion. A second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Public comments. I believe we have Mr. Reed with us today for. His public comments, Mr. Rodney Reed. I just want to take this opportunity again to thank the county and the commissioners and everything for what they've done over the years with their fire department. We look forward to everybody working out a good arrangement for this year. I hope it all. And also want to thank commissioners one and two for having the bridge for coming street on the agenda for this year to get done. And if there's anything the community can do to help help you, we would be more happy just like to do that. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Reed. <clears throat> Next item on our agenda is to sign a proclamation designating the week of... We have to accept the comments. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, do I have a motion to accept Mr. Reed's comments? I move to accept the comments of Rodney Reed. And Commissioner Birkenhoff, seconded by... Second. Seconded by Commissioner Grossman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. All right, now the proclamation designating the week of January the 29th through February the 4th as Catholic Schools Week. I believe we have the principal here from St. Rose and Schulenburg, is that right? Yes. Ms. Gallia? Yes. We have the proclamation right here. Very good. You want to say a few words to the court? Sure. First of all, we have the best students in the county, so we're very proud of them, and we brought a representation here today, hoping uh, to get a picture and with this opportunity, and uh, we just appreciate all the work the commissioners 
court does and the support that you give the community and the schools and uh, it's so important to educate the young children today and get them ready to to be good productive citizens in the future uh, we have just excellent academics we have all kind of activities um, we brought some flyers and some pens to give the commissioners this whenever we take our picture will that be now at this time you can do that yes ma'am You've got two alumni from St. Rose. Commissioner Grossman and I both attended St. Rose. Wonderful. See the leadership. Yeah. We're growing leaders. We're growing leaders, and, and there's the future one right there. So we're very proud of our students and all the accomplishments <coughs> that they do. In fact, Commissioner Grossman's grandmother was my third grade teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah, right. Okay. High expectations. She okay. did a great well, job. She did a great job of teaching. I don't know if I learned very much, but I, but, but uh, she was great. She, she said she had used that ruler a lot. <laughs> I, I won't deny that. Okay. The rules are different now. <laughs> this proclamation reads, whereas America's Catholic schools are internationally acclaimed for their faith formation and academic excellence, providing students more than a scholastic education, whereas Catholic schools ensure a broad value-added education emphasizing a lifelong development of moral, intellectual, physical, and social values in America's young people, developing servant leaders, faith-filled disciples, and enriched citizens in our communities. Whereas Catholic schools provide $22.7 billion a year in savings to the nation based on the average public school per pupil cost, Whereas the graduation rate of Catholic school students is 98.9%, with 85.2% of Catholic high school graduates going on to college. Whereas St. Rose of Lima Catholic School celebrates their 133rd year and continues along with 5,938 other Catholic schools to produce students strongly dedicated to their faith, values, families, and communities by providing an intellectually stimulating environment rich in spiritual and moral development. Whereas the National Catholic Education Association and the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops have designated January the 25th through February the 4th, 2023, Catholic Schools Week in the United States of America, with their theme being Catholic Schools, Faith, Excellent Service. Now therefore, I, Dan Miller, Judge of Fayette County, in recognition of the outstanding work done at St. Rose of Lima Catholic School in Schulenburg, to hereby proclaim the week of January the 29th, 2023, as Catholic Schools Week in Fayette County, Texas. Very good. Thank you. Ms. Austin, am I signing this at this time? Uh, yes, sir, you can, and then we'll I move we approve the proclamation designating the week of January 29th through February 4th, 2023 as Catholic School. Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Sternot. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Ms. Gallia, do you want to take a picture? How are we going to do it, Kathy? Yes, ma'am. We prefer to do it now. Yes.
Anything in there? system workstation lease agreement between the Texas Department of Motor Vehicles and Fayette County, Texas. I believe Ms. Mendoza, Sylvia, you're going to talk about that, please.
or other workstations that we currently have in the office are actually allocated to the county. And that is because we have enough registration uh, going on in the county that we can support to have four stations. Uh, to get one station, we have to have at least 11,400 per station in order to get those allocated to, to the county. And uh, unfortunately, to get our fifth one, we don't have that enough. And so that's why we have to lease one. Our lease is only like $395 a year. And we made allocations for it in, in our budget last year. And so uh, we are just seeking approval from the, from the court, from the county also to, to execute this agreement. Uh, with the uh, Department of Vehicles for our session. Anyone have any questions of Sylvia? Just want to mention also that uh, in that lease agreement, uh, uh, it will come ex with everything that we need, which is the CPU, which is the monitor, the keyboard, the mouse, everything to operate the organization. And if uh, during the year we actually have enough uh, registration to support that fifth station in the amount of transactions that we need, we can ask the, the, the ER office can ask the state to review our our, uh, our activity and then we, if we have enough, we can convert the lease to just a regular allocation for the, for the fifth station. So we won't even have to lease at that point. And that's the big on the activity. I'll be happy to answer any questions anybody I move we approve the registration and title system workstation lease agreement between the Texas Department of Motor Vehicles and Fayette County. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Do I have a second? Second. Commissioner Sternauto, all in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carried. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. <coughs> Items 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 deal with applications concerning division of real properties. Uh, Clint Sternoff, uh, do you want to tell us about these five uh, requests, please? Yes, uh, good afternoon, commissioners and judge. Uh, these applications are on the agenda as they include lots that are less than 10 acres, something I can't approve in office comes before the court. All of the applications uh, do have sufficient acreage and road frontage to meet all of the county's requirements. And the one application uh, from Eugene Hoskins uh, also has some flag lots that require approval by the commissioner. <coughs> but all these lots do meet the minimum acreage and frontage requirements of the county. On those flag lots, Clint, is it safe to say that they meet, uh, this proposal meets the required feet in front there? Isn't it 30 feet and these are 60? Correct, sir. Those are two flag lots. Uh, um, those are my precincts. So they're back, they're side by side. So uh, even if they do put a culvert 30 foot in each driveway, it's still 30 feet between them. There's 120 foot total in there. So. It's kind of unusual the way it's shaped, but it's the only way to make it work. But they do meet all our requirements, and, uh, and I'm, I'm fine with those. 
How about the other request? Not, uh, as Clint just mentioned, that concerns the Hoskin request. What about the Harbor Classic Builders, Donna and Peter Schwartz, Brown Cattle Company, and Kale Cutsa? The uh, Kale Cutsa, that one is not a, no issue at all. Every, every piece of property has adequate road frontage on it. There, there aren't any flag lines. No, I think there's one flag line on the Cutsa. It is the very yeah, last piece of property. Is. It is on just one, and it's one. A significantly larger track. Yeah. yeah, coming off of, uh, what is that road? Is it Armstrong uh, Road? Armstrong Dairy. There you go. Yes. Fine. Well, the, as Commissioner Birkenhoff stated, and as you stated, you brought it here, Clint, they meet what the county requires, right? Yes, sir. Beyond a doubt. Uh, for <coughs> that, that first one that we just discussed, it's a unique shape indeed, but it does meet county requirements. I also have one on Wiedemann Road, which has adequate road frontage. Which one is that, Commissioner Bertrand? It is the um, <laughs> item nine. No, I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. It's um, eight, the Brown Cattle Company. Brown Cattle. Yes, sir. I've spoken. Uh, I've signed up to speak on several of these subdivisions here, and I don't know if you're planning on doing them one at a time or all together. Um, but I have comments on several of them, so. Uh, okay. I would like to do one at a time. Yes, sir. And you seem to be combining with these agenda items. I'm not sure. What yeah. Well, go go ahead and speak. I don't have any comments on the first subdivision. You do not. On the flag lines. You do I, not have a comment? I do not have any on that. I like that one. Okay. So you want to talk about the Harbor Classic? The second Classic. one, the Harbor Classic, I have a question about that one. Okay. I'm not opposed to it. I support it. Is there anybody going to check in the future to make sure that subdivision is done the way it's described on that sketch? Usually the title company will request a copy of the application and approval from you. Before that. Is the government doing the <laughs> No, so what the county issues when we receive an application, uh, the Harbor Classic, for example, uh, both tracks have road frontage, and what the county issues them is a letter of conditional approval on the application they provided. Uh, so oftentimes, uh, they'll send me an application, for example, uh, dividing a 10-acre tract into two fives and to market it, the county will approve it, and they'll come back and say, uh, the prospective buyer really loved this feature of the property, uh, we need to make it eight and two, and they will uh, reapply. So that is, the county is giving a conditional approval based on what they put in the application. And when does the final approval come? When, when does the final document <coughs> that matches this application, when is that filed or approved or checked or inspected? There, there is not. So they, they could, technically, they could do this, and if it weren't for the, if it weren't for the title company watching, we would never know what would happen to these subdivisions after they did their application? So if they don't follow what is approved by the county, they would be in violation of the county subdivision. Okay, so but you're not checking is my question. Well, I think, uh, I think what Mr. Sternall was saying is that once it goes to the title company, the title company is looking for exactly what he, he has okayed. Correct. Okay. 
It could theoretically make it be a sale, like you're saying, if it doesn't go through a title company. But at some point, it's going to go through a title company, most likely. They're doing a good job. They're watching to make sure it's been properly. Yeah. But if it's cash sale, they don't have to get a title policy. If it's a cash sale, you don't have to get a title policy. Yeah, that's my point. So how would you ever know? Well, that's what I'm saying. A future sale may go through a title policy, and it'll come back. I don't know how they'll handle that. Do you want to discuss number eight, Mr. Burnson? I'm looking at, uh, I'm on to number seven now. Okay, this is an application. I'm sorry, seven. Yes, this is for Donna and Peter Sports. An application for four tracks of land, all of them two acres. The exhibit that I see is a tax map. And I don't know if y'all have something different than what's presented in the package, but this tax map doesn't show me four divisions making eight acres. And when I look on the next page, I see a survey of like 64 acres with several eight-acre tracks, but I still don't see a subdivision of four two-acre tracks on here. And unless there's some other information on here, or that y'all have that I don't have. Is this the map you have? So this one is small print property for one. So this is a subject track, and the tracks for one. About number seven. This Don't. is number eight. I think you've answered my question on number seven. Okay. And on no. number eight, this one is six tracks. So again, here's the sketch. I see one, two, maybe three tracks on this. Correct. So. And then we have two surveys, but I don't see the six tracks on the yes. sketch. So the six tracks on the application was incorrect. And what is shown on the map is so the, the application was mailed to me, and I called the applicant and the six he put on there was a typo. That was the map is correct where there's so how many tracks are there? There's three tracks. So he's got the two little tracks up front and they remainder? Yes sir. Okay. I have, that's all that my question. <coughs> I dropped any objections I would have had. I would appreciate them just for the public to know uh, sketches ought to be a little better than that. I appreciate your comments, Mr. Burnson. I will say that Clint does an excellent job of bringing this, uh, of being transparent about the information that he gives us. Okay, so we, does anyone have any comments about the application for these properties? If not, I'll entertain a motion to approve the applications for Eugene Hoskins, Harbor Classic Builders, Donna and Peter Schwartz, Brown Cattle Company, and Kale Cubsa. I move we approve the applications for request division of real property for items five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Okay, Commissioner Birkenhoff makes the motion. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item on the agenda, consider and take 
appropriate action concerning granting two applications for pipeline public road board crossing permit submitted by AMP Texas Pipelines for pipelines to cross under Darden Loop, which is uh, off 2145, right? Uh, yes, off of 159, <coughs> Fayetteville area. Okay. Uh, precinct 2, a public county road in Fayette County. Commissioner uh, Sternall, you're familiar with that request? I am, and everything is legit with it, unless you have anything otherwise. No, we have received their completed applications and their fees. I moved it with approved application submitted by AMP Texas Pipeline uh, to cross under Darden Loop located in Precinct 2. The motion made by Commissioner Sternauto. Do I have a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. <coughs> All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Item number 11 is approval of the renewal application for permit to lay temporary water line in road right of way submitted by Magnolia Oil and Gas for said water line to be placed along Rosnoff Road and Bower Road in Precinct 2, all public county roads located in Fayette County, Texas. Commissioner Sternado, this is in your precinct again. That is correct, and uh, if I understand right, this is a renewal. Correct. There will be no change to the routing of this temporary water line. Uh, it's, it's been in place and was due to expire, so they are renewing and extending it for another 90 days. Uh, they said that they are expecting to have it completed and removed before that time, but uh, that's their interval specified in So I moved that we approved a renewal application submitted by Magnolia Oil and Gas Operating uh, for the temporary water lines that are placed on Rosnoff and Bower Road in Precinct 2. Okay. Motion has been made by Commissioner Sternauto. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Motion carries. Item, item number 12, discuss, consider, and take appropriate action concerning the process of a private road becoming a county-maintained road. This is the conversation we had last uh, at our last meeting. Commissioner Brosman, I believe you uh, have some thoughts on this. Okay. I'll let Clint go ahead. Yes, sir. So, uh, Mr. Brosman and I have been working on this, uh, trying to come up with a recommendation to the commissioner's court. Uh, where this is coming from is the current process for a county road becoming a county road, uh, when a developer puts in a new subdivision or development, is after that road is substantially complete, the developer has a one-year warranty period before the county takes over uh, the maintenance of that right-of-way and, and accepts it to our county road system. Uh, that's been working very well. We haven't had any major issues with that. I know big burdens in the county. Uh, one thing we've been aware of is that as the real estate market has slowed down, for a prospective homeowner to purchase a tract of land, finalize some construction plans, and actually get started on that, uh, rarely is going to happen within a year. So that really doesn't achieve the point of the maintenance period of the road. The intention would be there that some construction has started, 
concrete trucks and the like, and we kind of have some proof that the uh, road's going to hold up. Were you talking about construction concrete? You're talking about the home, the building yes, sir. of the structure? The, the home sites, correct. Uh, so I have, other than talking to Mr. Grossman, I've reached out to a couple of developers that the county's had a really good working relationship with so far. And then I've reached out to some of the surrounding counties as Bastrop and Washington County, kind of how they do business. And a couple options uh, that we are looking into right now would be to either have a cash bond or a maintenance bond uh, for a period of approximately two years. And so that's that's kind of what we're looking into now. So that what that would look like is if a developer comes into the county, uh, they pave a new a chip seal street that's going to be part of a new development. Before the county would take that over, the developer would either give the county a, a cash deposit for the county to hold for two years, and that cash deposit would be in the amount of 10% of the cost of the road. Uh, in our conversations with developers, we think that 10% is a pretty reasonable number uh, that repairs certainly should not exceed that amount within the first two years. Uh, the other option the developer would have would be a two-year maintenance bond. If they didn't want to put the cash up out of pocket, they could go to a third-party bonding company and provide the county with a bond, uh, naming Fayette County as the beneficiary for valid for the 10% amount for a period of two years. Uh, at this point, I would like to defer this to a future meeting because I would like to follow up with the actual cost of that and make sure that we're not asking for something uh, outlandish. It all sounds reasonable to me, uh, but I haven't followed up with cost to the developer of that. Um, so once I get some more concrete information, I'd like to bring back a specific recommendation. So, so these two options that you're, that you're considering, this is in lieu of the conversation we had that the county road should be a percent paid, a, a percent people buying the lots. Correct. This Correct. Would be, you're, you're suggesting that we study these two options. Correct. Gotcha. So you want more time to study this? Yes, sir. I'm pretty confident in those two options being viable options. Uh, they align with what neighboring counties do, and I don't think they're asking too much of the developer. Uh, the development in the county is certainly something we're not looking to stop. We're just looking to keep it in a positive direction sure. and avoid, avoid a financial burden on the county. Do you think 60 days is a reasonable time? Uh, yes, sir. I would expect to be able to provide something. Anybody have any questions? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm very interested in this topic. I applaud the vote for bringing it up. I signed up to speak just because I want to be a part of that conversation. And so I have a question. Um, right now, we just wait here, right? Is, there, is it feasible to say wait two years? That's what he's proposing. That's what he just said. Yeah, he's talking about the bond and stuff. Is, is but also, same thing, you said considering it to two years, is that yes, certain? Two, three, you know, we're, we're, we haven't made a 100% uh, decision on which direction we want to go, but that, that's what we're starting to do. Because I like the percent complete idea, too. And, and, yes, sir. I, I think, don't know if that's viable. I don't know if that's, that's what we were talking about. I don't know how viable yes, that is. It's simple uh, so that the burden of tracking the percent of lots built out is all in the county. And if we set a timeline, uh, it puts a little bit of burden on the developer to have a vested interest in the county. So to be clear, you're talking about doing basically the same thing but making the time period longer. But putting putting a deposit at the end, because yes. right now 
there's nothing besides us asking them to come back and do it. So it's to try to get a little insurance on our side. If the developer just walks away, we have some money to repair the repairs of the road and not not the county. And you know, we're not saying that whenever these developers come in that they don't build the roads right and everything like that. We go out there, the commissioners do whatever precinct is in it, and you inspect it. You know, you can see when they dig it down, how much limestone base they put in there, they pack it, make compaction tests, they seal coat it, it looks great and everything. I mean, we do the exact same thing with our roads. Actually, they do probably maybe a little bit better than some of us do, but the, the biggest thing is that even though you, you build the road and everything looks completely great and wonderful, you still don't know until you get heavy traffic on there. I mean, you can, you can have a, a batch of limestone that just has a little bit too much clay in there, and you can get a couple clay spots, and that road will break out. But we just don't want the county being liable for that. And that's why we're just trying to make sure that we reassure, reassure ourselves that we're covering all the bases. Sunset Ridge had that problem. They had beautiful streets, and they all failed in the first year. Okay, do we... Uh, Ms. Austin, is this an action item? Should we have a make a mo should we have a motion to give Mr. Stern out of 60 days to study this? Yes. I'll make that motion that that we give Mr. Stern out of 60 days to study this issue more and come back within a 60-day period. Give me and give us your recommendation. Yes, sir. That work. Do I have a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed. Motion carries. <laughs> Consider and take appropriate action in accordance with local government code on a resolution authorizing the disposition of salvage and surplus property concerning West Point sewer plant, generator, propane tank, and interior fencing with said property to be offered for donation to the city of Ellinger. Items to be retained by county are the portable building, power supply, and perimeter fencing. <coughs> Commissioner McBroom, I know you're familiar with that, or Clint, either one or both. Do you want to talk about that? It's been a long time coming to get rid of this, and we're happy to happy to let it go. It's been a eight-year process, at least. Uh, but I mean, we're more than happy to give it to City of Ellinger. We put on there the only things we're retaining is we do we still are using the area down there to for some spray fields, and we have some pumps still active down there. So we will have to retain the electricity to those pumps and the portal building Correct. is where the maintenance provider is going to be keeping the chlorine. Uh, so, but other rest, and then we put on there just the, 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 the fencing around the sewer plant itself is fine to take, but the perimeter fencing, which is basically just at the, at the county road, where we need that to keep our lawnmowers in there. So. And Mayor Mikolenka, you're going to be happy to have this stuff, aren't you? Yes, sir. We appreciate it. Sure. Very good. Okay. I, I move we uh, authorize the disposition of salvage service property concerning the West Point sewer plant as listed on item 13. Okay, motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternado. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number 14 is a report from the Fayette County Sheriff's Office. I believe we've had Chief Deputy Randy Novisky here. <coughs> sheriff's asked the gentleman to come up with some numbers on what we did one thing the Sheriff's Office about the end of the year for 22. Uh, December we had uh, almost 30 arrests, 20 felony arrests, 7 misdemeanor arrests, traffic stops were 257. 
Calls for service in the county for the sheriff's office was 775. We served 34 civil papers, and mileage was 47,121 miles. That includes the jail and the sheriff's office. The jail processed 62 individuals for the month of December, and our dispatch center uh, received 2,241 calls for December. For the uh, year, end of the year of 2022, we had almost 400 arrests in the county, and it was 298 felony arrests and 101 misdemeanor arrests. Traffic stops were 4,742. Calls for service was 8,707 calls in the county, and we processed civil papers, 443 civil process papers that we served. In the jail, processed over 726 individuals for the year of 2022, and our communications dispatch, they dispatched for the county, and this is total of all dispatch calls uh, for the county, it's 18,565 calls. We just want to start, he wants us to start doing this monthly report to uh, commissioners' courts to get an idea of what's really going on out there. The month of December, we had a lot of uh, big arrests involving, you know, we've had uh, individuals from other counties arrested out on coming to the county that were uh, prime suspects in jugging up in Georgetown or four individuals out of Houston. They're also subject to uh, a lot of robberies in Austin. So we solved a lot of problems getting men stopped out here on 71 right in the range. We also had a uh, murder suspect that we caught that committed a murder up in the uh, Austin area and we caught down here in the county. We have a lot of high profile cases in December, so Sheriff, you pass that on to everybody else. Okay, that's now, very, very good. And if you're wondering about crime in Fayette County, 298 felonies. That's, that's a lot. Thank you very much, Chief. Thank you. Do I hear a motion to approve Chief Deputy Randy Nowitzki and Sheriff Karenik's report? We accept the report from the Fayette County Sheriff's Office. Second. Motion's been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff, seconded by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, motion carries. Angela Hahn, Emergency Management Coordinator and Grant Specialist, with her report. Mine's relatively short. I did want to let y'all know that a reminder that we will have our mitigation workshop on February the 2nd at 3.30 at the EMS station. And for those of y'all who may not know about that, that's part of our housing mitigation plan that we're developing as required by TEMA and FEMA. That 3.30 meeting is limited to people who are actually participating in plan development, but there is a public comment section beginning at 5 at the same station station where y'all are welcome to come and talk about what your concerns for the county are, yeah, what mitigation actions you think need to be included in. It is very important that we, we hear your opinions and we include that information in the plan. That plan will be used if we have an incident, uh, that plan will be used if there's any, any kind of funding that comes through to you in the plan. If it's something that's denoted in our plan is that we recognize as a risk, that needs to be mitigated, then it's eligible for funding under those disaster declarations. So it is important that we include as much information as we can. Uh, on uh, fire risk, our, our KBI <coughs> county as of Tuesday was 290, which is relatively low, uh, but we've received a lot of rain. And according to my fire chiefs, 
uh, we just would ask that y'all if you want to do a, a burn, make a control burn, to notify the sheriff's department. And to use some common sense, if the weather doesn't really look like it's a good time to burn, could you maybe hold off? Yeah, we do run our fire departments right in the middle of so. Uh, on our criminal justice grants, that grant application has opened. It will close February the 9th, and I'm working with uh, Randy Nabisky uh, for a uh, possibility of a grant for some equipment for the Sheriff's Department. The Schulenberg Police Chief and the Flatoni Police Chief have asked me to assist them with a grant that they're interested in. So. We'll put those in on the map and see what we can get. Typically, we're pretty, we, we have pretty good luck going through the governor's office for those criminal justice grants. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to get something for them. On our buyout, uh, if you'll remember, Judge Miller, we've closed on five more people, a total of five pieces of property on one country club lane. Two of those pieces of property, one on River Road and one country club, have been completely removed. The other three are in the process of having our demo contractors do sealed bids on those. There is, we have a little sticking point, and that is uh, that center point electric, and they require a two to four week time period before they will cap everything that's out there, even though the utilities have not been on for five years, six years. So uh, there is a cost associated with that as well, but it's my understanding that that cost will be able to look like a demo contractor in their bid. This is all included in that buyout program through FEMA uh, for the, the county applied for and received back in the first bid. So, uh, my only, I put one more thing. On our ARP, we had a request from the dispatching center for headsets. It's going to cost about $3,000. I didn't get it in time to put it on the agenda. We've put every one of our ARP requests on the agenda, so I wanted to give y'all a heads up that we'll be bringing it back. It's a minimal amount, but I want y'all to know about it before we just tell them to do it. And then I have a question on, uh, that I would like y'all to think about in some direction on. the reporting, you know, we're, kinda, we're really not in that same period that we were a number of years ago where we were, it was important that y'all knew what the rate was and all of that for COVID. It's still important that we pay attention to it, but I just didn't know if you want that kind of information included in the report. We did have a nursing home who called with a, an outbreak and they asked for some supplies. And for y'all's edification, those supplies came through the state we were a pass-through, you know, they just, we were requesting, they'd bring them down, or you know, we'd go get them and we'd take them to whoever's requesting them. We don't have a lot of those supplies left. We will, if we get some requests from them, we'll get them to them, but the state's running out, they're not, they're not maintaining and supporting that program. So, if y'all still want to hear that conversation, I will, I will get it for you, but I'm going to be relying on our medical profession to get that information. Yeah, I'd say so, it sounds good. On the, uh, the home demolition, the center point of the gas pump. Center point of like utilities, yes. <laughs> so they have, and that was one of the holdups, but uh, one comment that I, that I heard is that people were surprised that they're taking out the concrete slab. They, there's, there's been one there for 20 years, and I guess they just assumed they're all going to be left there, but even that one is going to be taken out. All of everything yeah. that we got, it will be turned into perpetual living space. And we did, we trimmed some trees on the house on River Road, and we're going to once the demo is done, we'll go back with our trees and if we need, there's some old dead rotten trees that need to be taken out. We're going to leave as many trees as possible, I assume, just to keep it for green space. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty bad piece of property, particularly. 
in the middle. So we're not going to take any trees out unless it's necessary. We can trim some limbs and dead limbs and things like that. But and the demo contractors <coughs> are aware that they're not supposed to take down anything like that. I would say on the COVID thing, I'm just speaking for myself, but I'm, I'm about ready to move on from that. I think everybody else is. So. I don't have to hear about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. On the COVID, if, if anybody needs, you know, if we have an outbreak, who, who would generally ask for supplies? Nursing homes? So nursing homes are students who initially requested this last go around. And I worked with Josh on that. Uh, there are, you know, we would turn the needs of the public health to the Texas Department of Human Services to get that kind of to request that through CATRAC, through, you know, we would work with them to do whatever we could, but we just don't have that supply on hand like we do. Chief Deputy Noviski and Lieutenant Byer, in Ms. Mrs. Holland's report, she talked about the fire aspect. Commissioner Grossman at the last commissioner's court meeting encouraged the public to call in before they start a fire at the house. Is that happening largely? Yes, sir, every day. Good. Uh, when we're not in a burn bed, and sometimes when we're in a burn bed, we've asked the public through the news media to, it's not a mandatory, you can't be fired, but we ask to call, because it saves when people have to leave their job, you know, we're volunteer fire trucks to go out there. When we know about it, we can look it up. Sure. We have a cell phone number and who contact, and they tell us, yes, they're out there. Good. Common sense. Yes, sir. Okay, do I have a motion to approve Angela Hahn's report? Will we accept the report from Angela Hahn? Motion's been made by Commissioner Brosman. <coughs> Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Commissioner Brosman, next item is uh, Commissioner's request to use ARP funds for updates to the precinct facility in precinct four. Yes, sir. Uh, if you've ever been to my road and bridge department over there, that was probably built in the late 1800s, I'm just guessing. <laughs> We're in pretty rough shape. We're way behind the times over there. And so uh, I'm just asking for a small portion of the ARP funds. <coughs> Uh, we're trying to put in some bigger overhead doors. A lot of our equipment we can't even fit inside the shop to work on it because the doors aren't big enough. We'll help with ventilation. Uh, so it's going to be three big overhead doors. And since we're putting them in certain spots, we have to put other walkthrough doors. Uh, we're going to try to replace our HVAC system. And it's just, it's, it just, it's in very bad need of some upgrades. And so I'm asking for a, a maximum amount of 28000 I should be below that, but I just want to make sure that I have 28000 in there to make sure I have everything that's what I'm asking on behalf of the commissioners for the upgrade my warehouse. I'll get it up to this century, hopefully. I will, I'll make that motion to approve that. Do I have a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. You got it, Commissioner. Next item on the agenda is to <coughs> consider and take action on a grant request from Roundtop Rifle Association. <coughs> using ARP funds for facility upgrades. Uh, Mrs. Hahn, you want to tell sure, us about that? I'll start. Uh, I was uh, approached by Michael, and forgive me if I don't pronounce your last name correctly. Socks. Socks. Okay. Uh, to, about the possibility of uh, some assistance with the Rifle Association's hall. Uh, if you all are aware, that's, that's one of the main community facilities in Round Top that they are using fundraisers and the uh, fire department uses. Um, and 
They, their request is, I believe what they're wanting to do is update their uh, outdoor uh, pit facility, correct? Yes, Mr. Zox is here. Uh, and what the request was, they have a shortfall of approximately $110,000. Uh, would you say that again, please? They have a shortfall. They've raised funds for it, so it's not like they're coming and asking for everything. They're working to uh, raise funds to, to complete the renovation, but their shortfall is $110,000. dollars 110 and, and so that's what they're requesting. Although I did speak to Judge Weber last night, and he said if you want to go higher, it would be okay. <laughs> Mr. Zox, do you have anything to add to that? Does anyone have any specific questions about our project here? The data I can uh, tell you. The uh, total project amount was estimated to be $225,000. Our outdoor cooking facilities are antiquated uh, at best, probably being built in the 1940s and 50s, uh, barbecue pits and uh, outdoor pools, etc. Or in need of replacement. We do provide facilities for the Rock Up Party ASD, Fayetteville Booster Club, even uh, the town surrounding Rock uh, come there to have their uh, fundraisers for their uh, tax exempt uh, organizations. And uh, we have uh, graciously given of our properties and our improvements. funds I mean the way it was designed and correct me if I'm wrong but I mean part of it was for infrastructure the other part was tourism <coughs> because the economy took a big hit from COVID and this was a big boost from the federal government to get tax dollars back in the to stimulate the economy which is what tourism does 
But it's also, to, I mean, it's not just to get that money back. I mean, this is inserting a building. I mean, you're going to have contractors going to build. I mean, it's it's the start of all of it to get things back. How going. much time do we have? And what are, the, what, are the, what are the standards by which we gauge who we're going to give funds to? And how much time do we have left for private organizations to submit their applications? In, in particular, with the first the, time, first serve? In particular, with the ARP funds, there are guidelines from the Treasury Department that we call in, in times of, in, in terms of time, yeah, we have time, and, and that's why each one of these requests have come to the commissioner's court um, to make certain that they're vetted. The, it is, it has been a first come, first serve basis to the extent that outside of what the county looked at for needs within the county, medical, EMS, that's why there's a Schulenburg station being built, ground top is got ambulances have been bought, uh, transport vehicles for law enforcement. Uh, those, those were the needs that were prioritized by our county commissioners. We, we cannot keep this money. <coughs> that's important for y'all to know. We cannot keep it, nor can we put it in a rainy day fund, and we're not supposed to draw interest on it. So everything that we have goes back into whatever community organization or county need that's been identified. So to that extent, there's a policy in place that's set by the federal government. In terms of the county having a policy in place for a grant, we have an internal grant policy that's if the sheriff's department wants to go after a grant, there are certain things we have to make certain. Is there a match, et cetera. But in terms of funds that go out to other five, you know, five ones and things, I would defer to the court on that. And that, that's my only concern. It's not because I dislike organization. Sure. I'm glad to get money to them. <coughs> I think we understand. We, we understand what you're saying. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm not signing up to speak, but I just want to respond to something you mentioned. You're talking about like public and private intermixing. These funds can only go to nonprofit entities, not to other private businesses. So I think that's a pretty significant distinction in, in the types of organizations that the county is partnering with, um, which makes can be all support. And a lot of nonprofits every single year. So uh, just want to make that distinction clear. I would like to move that we approve the request from the Round Top Rifle Association Hall for the $110,000 for improvements using the ARP funds. Commissioner Sternall makes the motion to approve the request of the Rifle Association in the amount of $110,000 using the ARP funds. Do I hear a second? Second. Second by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, up on, next item up on the agenda, Angela, you might as well keep standing. Uh, it's concerning the ARP funds again. This request is from the Fayette County Fair Association for renovations at the fairgrounds using the ARP funds. And I believe... Ms. Feetsom, you had some, who wanting to speak on this? Mr. Burnson? Mr. 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 Burnson says no, he's not going to speak. Okay. Mr. Fridge? Sure. Thank you, Judge. 
Yeah, I'm representing the Fayette County Fair. If y'all don't know me, I'm Lee Fritch. And we're proposing to request some uh, ARP money to expand the Emily Fritch Livestock Barn at the fairgrounds. We're looking at adding on about a 30-foot extension on each side with permanent pins. And all four of the commissioners have worked in the alleyway at a heifer sale at the fair. You know how dangerous it is with our portable panels. So we're looking at adding an overhang 30 foot on each side along with permanent pins inside there to make it safer. And the Fayette County Fair Junior Commercial Heifer Show has generated about three and a half million dollars for the kids of Fayette County over the last 12 years. All that money went directly to the kids here in Fayette County along with about a hundred thousand. I think Phyllis has a breakdown on the spreadsheets we all can look at. About a hundred thousand dollar premium money went out to the kids also. And this would also be used for the Fayette County Junior Livestock Show and Sale. And the Junior Livestock Show has generated almost four million dollars for the county kids over the last 12 years. So you can see together that adds up to about almost seven hundred and sixty, I mean seven million six hundred thousand dollars over the past 12 years for our local kids. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a safety aspect of it. We've had a couple of injuries over the years. We had one guy where a heifer jumped over the portable panels and he got a little concussion and had to get stitches on the back of his head. And we had another guy from your area, Luke, that tore up his knee when a heifer hit some panels and knocked him down. He got injured. So luckily, we had no major injuries, I guess, if you want to call concussion, not a major injury. And if we were to add this onto the barn, it would also allow for a potential increase in number of cattle shows, a possible cattle sales we could host in the future that bring more revenue back to the county. I had a cattle show coming in here every month for about three years, and they quit coming about a year ago because our facilities just weren't sufficient to maintain that show. And that show brought in a lot of people that came ready on Friday night with their animals, spent the night in the county, stayed at our hotels, ate out at our restaurants, bought diesel for their trucks, while they're in the county for the big boost to our economy also. And this would also provide more space when the MS-150 comes through. They're also needing areas to store their luggage and all that type of stuff, so it'll be a big help for that also. So we're requesting about, we've got some bids on it, and we're looking at about 191000 to do that expansion and those portable pens. So that's what we're requesting on behalf of the Livestock Department for the fair. And then I think... Oh yeah, we also have been talking with the Texas Animal Health Commission and they're looking at making the fairgrounds an animal evacuation site in case of emergency if a hurricane hits to the coast. They need to move their horses or cattle up here. If we have permanent pens, then we could help them out by serving as an emergency evacuation site. And that's part of our animal issues plan for emergency management. Okay. Do you know, um, Gonzalez, they have, they have those particular shows over there and when you go by there, there are two or three, four hundred vehicles there. It's, it's a really big, it's, it's a shame that it is at the end of to win it, that they right. moved from here. Yes. It's a really big uh, economic boost for at least Gonzalez for that weekend. It's two, yeah. three, four It was for here until we lost it because of Mr. French, you make some excellent points. Have you talked to the city of LaGrange as far yes. as? Yes. And they have used up their funds on drainage issues here in the city, according to our acting city manager. Mr. Menifee. Okay. I think this goes back though, I mean, kind of to feed off William, your point is, I mean, you just look at the numbers, I mean, $4 million off of just one show, not the, not the live, junior livestock show, none of that. This is just one, one Saturday. 
Yeah. I mean, $4 million in 12 years. Right. And all that money was spent here yeah. to get to that. I mean, right. it was all Fayette County youth. You have to be a, going to a Fayette County school to show and do shows. So all that money stayed right here in Fayette County. I do believe from talking with Ms. Scott that the city is still, they're still going to talk. But yes, they will help on it. Right. And the EDC, I think, too, yes. I talked to. And also some private individuals, that's so they would help out also. So the 191 figure, that's the total amount. What are you asking for from the court today? Well, actually, that's not the total amount. That's not the total amount. It'd be higher than that. That's what we requested from the court is the 191. I got you. And, yes, sir. and Judge, that was my fault. I sent all that information to Cassie and didn't clarify. That's not what they're asking from us today. That's just everything they have on their plan. And I should have been more clear than Cassie that that's the, what their request was. That's my fault. They're requesting 191. Yes, specifically for that. And I think Rose has some other requests. If you want to talk about those, Rose, uh, or do we want to do this yeah. first? It's all in the same agenda item, but we can. Okay. I mean, you're, you're speaking more on the show barn. Yes, the Fair Association has some other other things that they're asking. There's a list of them. Rose, what do you want to talk about? But is that is that two different sorry, is that two different groups then? No, it's all the Fair Association. Yeah, it's has to be wearing an earmark it to what. Uh, money raising project for the 
Schulenburg, yeah. Fayetteville particularly, and uh, Rotary, Optimist, and you know how long these organizations have been in existence. They've been there since day one. And they're totally, totally supported and are looking at being the ones that need to be housed and need uh, the building, the structure that needs to be totally replaced to, to be compliant with state regulations. So, you so, so Ms. Austin and Mrs. Hahn, should this be addressed at another meeting where, where we have the specific dollar amount? It, it's in here. It I can read through it real quick. It's, uh, I mean, the, the, the what we all are talking about, the food court, to redo that. It's an 80 by 80 foot building. It, it takes care of removing the current one, putting a new one back, and that's estimated at $375,000. What was that number? $375,000. Okay. Should be on your tablet. Okay. Uh, then the second project is to redo the whole main bathroom facilities, which have been a problem for a long time, or just needed some upgrades, I should say. Uh, that one is a little bit more pricey, as bathrooms always are. That one is four hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. The third project is to insulate, I guess, the Marge Rosenberg stage on the inside. Uh, get the air conditioners back working. Add on to some wings off to the side. Uh, and that cost of the expansion would be $155,000. Feel free to elaborate on any of those and, if y'all want. And, and the point is, and, and then you throw in the Emily Frick <coughs> side of it, Mark, we, we had kind of a two-phase project there. One to add on, it depends, as Mr. Frick said. The other one is to add a, a redo the livestock office and move those restrooms as part of that from a cleanliness and safetyness because the portable one over there is pretty bad shape. And so that, that project in total is just under 500,000 is our estimate. So basically we have these big projects and these expenses. We're not asking for full funding for all of these projects uh, because we're not asking the county to pay for 100% of it. As Mr. Fritch said, yes, we plan on going to the city. We plan on working with them. Uh, I was hoping that we could wait until we get a new city manager. Unfortunately, that got delayed a little bit, but I have talked with one person at the city and they seem very interested in working with us. The city has always usually helped us with a lot of infrastructure, so hopefully that's going to be some big costs that we can cut down on some of these things from that standpoint. From the livestock side of things, I can tell you that our goal was to try to at least get the uh, wings put on and the pens put in, and that's what the 191,000 number that Mr. Fritch mentioned, uh, and I can't remember what the other number was for the food court German check market rate. That clarifies it. Yeah, the 191 would cover all the expansions on the Fritz Warren as far as the roofing and the pens go. And then we would get the office elsewhere. And the office and the restrooms, the estimate right now, just for the show barn, this is a private restroom, an office, an yeah. elevated elevated right. office, is that that price is $300,000. Yeah. Right. It also will provide a handicap accessible restroom down there in the livestock arena. We do have a young man now that is showing that is physically handicapped and we need to make sure we can have a spot down there for those individuals. I, I personally think, I mean, the, I mean I'm, I'm passionate about the show barn. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of my idea. <laughs> uh, working through the pens one day and like, we need to do, we need to change something. And I mean, it's just not, it's not safe for the people going there. It's a lot of money going through there. We need to take care of it. I mean, and it, agriculture is our future. Uh, if we don't watch it, we're going to be subject to some other country feeding us, and we don't want that. Uh, Jason, you also mentioned that safety aspect, that you have fires, you have kids, you have a lot of people walking through those pens, and they're portable, and so if something were to happen, unfortunately, you're not going to 
you have the potential to, if something got in an alley, to hurt 30, yes. 40 people. Yeah, we didn't want to have to get down over the bluff down to the river a couple years ago. We were able to get back a few weeks later, but she was running right through there. She so broke out. What's important to say is when, when the, the kids are actually doing their projects, part of their part of the project is they're doing interviews, right, with yes. buyers, potential buyers in those same alleys that the cattle are running in. So you're right, it is the kids are down there and they, they, they have to be there so they can be judged and, uh, and do their right. interviews down there. So and also the animals are supposed to be somewhat outside of the art animals. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things can happen when you even things at home and you get to a small barn with a million people walking by and their animals, they can react in different ways. But I, I like the show barn idea. I think it's great. I mean, the thing about I like it is it's it's a start. You're not We're not finishing it, but it's a start that it'll be functional. I mean, the other thing that I do like is the is the, the food court area because it's a start to get things going. I mean, it's something that is a definite price. It gets everything going, and it's a very good start. Hopefully, the city of LaGrange and EDC and all that will jump in and finish the rest along with some money that y'all have. One of the other things I'm going to Today, what are, you, what, are we, what are you asking for today to approve? I mean, I'll make the motion now if you want. I move that we uh, use ARP money for the Fayette County Fair, Ground, Fair Association grounds for the addition to the Emily Fritch Show Barn, which would be the lean-to and the pins for $191,000. And also uh, for the uh, new food court which will be an 80 by 80 building at a cost of 375,000. As far as <clears throat> the funding goes, we have, uh, how much do we have left Tiffany? Or where are we sitting at here? That would leave us with roughly, with the dispatcher's headsets that Angela mentioned that has <coughs> not been approved yet, that would leave us with roughly $83,088.28. Some of that, that number will probably increase some because like, I mean, Josh hasn't finalized an ambulance price and there's still some negotiations going on that. Some of the stuff kind of, I know on maybe the Sheriff's Department may have been overestimated on the vehicles, but it gives us some, some play either way. A second motion. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom to approve the association's request for 191 for the expansion of <coughs> Emily Fritch Barn, $375,000 to renovate the German and Czech Food Mart. The German Czech Food Mart. Do I hear does everyone in favor say aye? Aye. Any opposition? Motion carries. 
This has come up talking to Cindy uh, is when we budgeted last year for the fire departments, we budgeted the property tax rate at 100%. Everybody was going to pay their taxes. Historically, only 98% of the people pay their property taxes in Fayette County. I mean, so it's kind of what direction do we want to go because we're going to give away more money than we're actually going to be taking in by about six, a little over $16,000. Uh, it's not going to affect the individual apartments that much because you divide it by 10 and the formula we use. It's not that much, but we can we can go two paths. We can leave that there, but remember that we're going to have to find that money somewhere else because, or we just adjust it down to the 98%. And, and the way I kind of look at it too is my thoughts is at the end of the year, if for some reason everybody pays their taxes, we're going to give it to the fire departments. It's not that we're holding back. We're just only going to give the two cents that we collect. I was spoken with uh, one of the fire chiefs yesterday in Muldoon area, and he seemed to be. He said it made a lot of sense. Yeah. To well, to pay the ninety eight percent instead of one hundred percent. He just, was fine with that. Yeah, I would liken it to a business that has a salesperson. If you pay the salesperson on the commission of what they sell. It's not as good as, as if you pay them for what is collected. So it makes sense to me. Mr. Uh, Commissioner McGroom, you want to put that in the form of a motion? I mean, I'll let one of y'all handle it. I mean, I could go either way. I was the one that brought it to the attention, so I'll let y'all. Uh, I've already talked to Chief Brashke about it. It's just, it's just common sense. You don't have more in your expenditures than you have in your revenue. You have to make sure that you keep the book straight and everything. And like I said, at the end of the year, we have some extra. We have to. Uh, it's allocated to the fire department. We can't use it anywhere else because it was approved during commissioner's court. So it's I, not like we're holding back anyone that they're not going to eventually get. 
we just have to make sure we don't put ourselves in a hole. If we have a real tight year, who knows what's coming up this year? Seems like every year there's some kind of drama in the world. Well, makes everything it, it, go bad. So it we makes need to make us, sure we look out for ourselves. Yeah, it makes us be more transparent what's going on because I mean we're we're actually not getting the money, and I know we've had some complaints from some people that we didn't give out the whole amount because it didn't match our budget. Well, when we do it, when we budget this, sometimes we don't have the property tax value. So we're actually just saying we're going to give you what we get, and that's it. Commissioner Brosman, are you uh, making that motion for the 98%? I would say I move we adjust the property tax, revenue being collected for the fire departments to amount to the amount that we are re, uh, received by the end of the year. Percentage collected by the Maybe it's cleaner if you just use the 98%. Oh, I don't know what it's going to be. Not. You don't know. Yeah, we don't know what it's going to be. Adjusted to the property values tax Which is collected correct. by yes. the end of the year. Are you good with that? Okay. Can we repeat it again, clearly? <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> move <laughs> to adjust the property tax revenue being collected for the final percentage collected by the end of the year to be distributed to all the fire departments in state counties. The final percent, percent collected to be distributed to the fire Is that good enough? I think so. Do I have a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Uh, Opposed, motion carries. Constable Precinct 2. Constable Wonderlich is here. The item says acknowledge the 2022 racial profiling report as submitted by Constable Wonderlich. Good to have you with us, Constable. <laughs> you all have any questions of Constable Wonderlich's profiling report? These are required once a year. Required once a year. We have to record from every vehicle we stop. <coughs> pretty hard report. It's a pretty hard report because I don't even know what, what race I am sometimes when I fill out these forms. I move we acknowledge the 2022 racial profiling report submitted by Fayette County Constable Precinct Number Two. Second. Motion has been made by Commissioner Brooms, seconded by Commissioner Sternow. All in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, Constable. Approve the 2022-23 contract for non-residential services with the Gilliland Behavior Health Group, approved by the. Fayette County Juvenile Board. Who is uh, going to direct? Uh, yes, sir. This is just one of those uh, routine contracts that the juvenile probation gets for the juvenile. Uh, uh, I'll make that motion that we approve that. Second. 
Seconded by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Is Kevin here? Kevin Wonderlich? Um, let me go see. I know he was, uh, yeah, I know where it's called the election office. Okay. This item considers considering action approving the quote from Blue Bonnet Alarm for security equipment for Founders Park in Main Street <coughs> Annex. And so we'll wait to see if we can get Kevin in here. I did uh, print off the quotes for you guys. That's what I needed for the movie so they could have that information on there. Um, there's also an additional switch um, that will need to be purchased. camera would not only, as I understand it, take care of Founders Park, but also the lawn on this side, on the south side, and the courthouse lawn, and on the uh, west side as well. I believe Kevin is here right now. Thank you, Kevin. I was just uh, telling the court about these cameras that you and I have discussed on Founders Park, they would also cover part of the courthouse lawn, right? Yeah, we would put one on top of the county fair building to face that side of the square, the courthouse, and then one in the auditor building to the other side. We would have pretty good coverage and the square. And the 4550, that includes installation? Yeah. So it, it covers the one at the auditors too? It would, it would primarily how this came about was wanting a camera system on the Founders Park on the weekend. It certainly would help to have a camera there. And then in Kevin doing some research, we discussed it as well as covering parts of the, of the courthouse lawn. So at Founders Park, which park will be, what, what will be? Front and back. Front and back. Yeah. Uh, he said yes, he did to make sure Didn't I just read some bunch of damage done to some restaurants? Was it here in the branch? Mm -hmm. The city did. The yeah, city, city did. Northside Park. We're also going to have the generator back there in the back. Yep. So that's very expensive generator. So then at, at the annex across the street, will that that'll be in front of that'll be that'll be on top of the, the uh, like city's office that'll be toward the uh, courthouse. Yeah, in front of the, yeah, yeah. somewhere like where Cindy's office is, that, that round window is, somewhere there, pointing that way. It'll, it'll get a pretty good view, except there in the, Stevens, so we might have to do some tree trimming on that side of the, between the pecans and the, the walnut tree on that side. But it wouldn't catch anything on the back side where the, where, where the ladies park their vehicles? No, no, that. no, that wouldn't be have to, okay. we could, I mean, you could, I think the camera system was ruled for Is there some type of uh, maintenance that we have to buy with these cameras? 
or, is, or this is going to be the cost? It's very similar to what we have at the uh, Meadows building. Okay. Good. They're good quality. Will we accept the quote and award the quote, award the quote for the security equipment at Founders Park and Main Street Annex with a price of $45.50? Very good. Uh, Commissioner Grossman makes a motion to accept that bid at $45.50. And do I hear a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Okay. Take action in approving contract between Colorado Valley Communications and Fayette County for fiber phone service for veteran service officer and prescription drug assistance located at 2550, that's 255 Swoboda Lane at the Ag Building. This will be because our veterans <coughs> Affairs, Jesse is going to move to the Ag Building and Marlena Wessels will both be moving to the Ag Building and the first two offices uh, in the hallway. And this is just moving the phone service from the Meadows Building over to the Ag Building. I move we approve the contract between Colorado Valley Communications of Fayette County for fiber phone service for the Veteran Service Office and Prescription Drug Assistance Office located at 255 Zavoda Lane. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom to accept this. Do I hear a second? Second. Second by Commissioner Sternottle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, accept and approve the written plan of Fayette Water Supply Corporation to bore under Skalitsky Road in Precinct 2 and to place and install a new water service line and meter for a customer located at the property, identif the identification number of 23157, and requiring Fayette Water Supply Corporation to make repairs of any damage done to the roadway, sides, ditches, and right-of-way of Skalitsky Road, and to do paving work, compacting, and restoring the roadway, <coughs> ditches, and the right-of-way all the way back to its finished natural grade. Commissioner Sternauter, do you want to comment on that? Uh, it's just one of their normal road bores. Um, I would like to say that I wish that the Fed Water Supply Corp would uh, be a little more up on their game with some of these water leaks that we've been uh, experiencing throughout the county. Maybe, maybe we ought to make it contingent. That, I mean, the one I know of has been going on for I mean, over a year is the one by the Ag Building. It's been leaking there. I know Harvey, I know you've called him many times. And we're just getting tired of nothing getting done. I mean, and it's leaking in the road. I mean, it's not a bad leak, but I mean, middle of summer when there's a mud puddle there all year, all summer long, there's a leak. Uh, We've had some situations where a road had to, had a leak in the same same area out on y'all's road out there. It was it was in the same in the same area several multiple times, and uh, I would like to see them uh, put more effort into whatever kind of upgrades they need to to see that this doesn't continue because it causes extensive damage to our roadways and 
and it's going to eventually cost the county more money in the long run if we don't address that. Uh, I, I do see where it does state in here that they are uh, liable for any damages done to the roadway and compacted. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do understand that. I just, I just would like to make it known that we need to make it clear to them that we're not going to tolerate this. It's going to have to be followed through with a little, little better uh, because it's, it's not fair for the taxpayers to be paying for damages that could have been avoided by a little more promptness on these repairs being taken addressed. With that being said, I will uh, approve the, the written plan for fed water supply co-op to bore underneath Skalitsky Road in Precinct 2. Okay, motion been made by Commissioner Sternardle. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Authorized County Auditor to advertise for material bids for metal for Garing Road Bridge located in precincts one and two. This is the metal, basically the metal, most of the metal for the bridge that we're going to be building uh, on the precinct one and precinct two line over from <coughs> the street. It's going to be a 150 foot long bridge. It'll be three 50 foot sections. Uh, it will be, I'm guessing, over the $50,000 mark, which is why we're going out for bid. Uh, Quite a, quite a bit of metal there. The only thing I do need to add on this list that I forgot to is, uh, and I can get another copy, is it needs to be available for pickup in Fayette County or delivered to Precinct 1 or 2. Uh, I just don't want to get somebody from out of the county bidding on it and we have to drive to Houston to pick this up. Uh, it needs to be in the county at least. I authorize it. Can, Ms. Austin, can we uh, revise that action item? In other words, to say that, that we're voting that it must be, what, how did you word that? We can revise it with this motion, whenever it makes a motion, we can revise it. Okay. You want to make your motion, Commissioner? I move to authorize the county auditor to advertise for materials, bids for metal for Gearing Road Bridge, located in Precinct 1 and 2, and amend the material list to add that uh, materials will have to be uh, will be available to be picked up in Fayette County. Okay. Motion made by Commissioner McGroom. Second. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternot. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carried. You're getting a bridge now, Ronnie. <laughs> At least the material for it. <laughs> Authorize the following <laughs> class request county judge and commissioners to attend the VG Young Institute of County Government School for Commissioner's Court, February 21 through the 23rd in Bryan. County Auditor Cindy Havelka and Paula Vogel, HR, to attend the Texas Association of Counties Risk Management Conference, March 22nd through the 24th, held in Round Rock. I'll make a motion that we approve that. I second the motion. Second uh, by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Item 28, consider and take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of currently due Fayette County bills and expenses. And I think you've all had a chance to look at that. Uh, Ms. Avelka, do you want to comment? Yes, I had a few uh, out of the ordinary bills. 